All right, folks, welcome to episode 26 of the Sammy Hour. Um, I'm going to get right into it. Today's guest, uh, he covers government, politics, and general news as a reporter and multimedia journalist for KGET Channel 17 News in Bakersfield, California. He is a University of Southern California graduate, outdoor enthusiast, and an Emmy Award winner. And those are just to name a few, folks. Aton Wallace, welcome to the Sammy Hour. Well, Sammy, thanks for having me. It's a great honor. And by the way, you talk about being a journalist. This guy is a great journalist. <laughs> Look at that, folks. A little bit of a promotion right there. But honestly, yeah. this is this episode's uh, it, going to be awesome. I have had um, Aaron Perlman on my show, folks, who's also in the media world. I've had Richard B on my show, who has his own radio show and also has his own podcast called Bakersfield Observed. Go check that out. It's on Spotify, Bakersfield Observed. And I've also had J.R. Torres, or J.R. Flores, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I'm, awesome I'm a big guy. fan of all three of those Oh, guys, look at so. that. Small town, making go. awesome yeah. connections. But uh, Aton, how, uh, congrats on winning an Emmy Award. Well, it's That's a recent. great honor. Thank yeah. you so much. Yes. Oh, of course. Um, how does, now, in the question part of the podcast, mm-hmm. how does one like yourself win an Emmy Award? That's a, and yeah, if you so. want to, uh, we have our Sprite with oh, us, yes. folks. So what I do is I open it like that. Refreshing. And uh, yeah, thank so you now, so much. Now we have kicked things off officially, I guess, with the mm-hmm. soda. <laughs> with the Sprite, I appreciate mm-hmm. it. You know, it's a great question about the Emmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, let me uh, say this, that this business, um, you get into journalism, uh-huh. it's not about the awards. And right. the awards are great and I deeply, deeply appreciate, I'm honored by the recognition. Right. But I will say this probably again that during this podcast. Right. This is a community job. Mm. That's why you do it. You do it because news is about people. Mm-hmm. And once you get, in my view, that attitude in terms of doing the, the work, yep. it's no longer just about, oh, cool, I'm on TV. It's all glamorous <laughs> and everything. Or the Emmy, you know. It's about you do the work and then the other things will come. So right. what happened was, uh, I'll just briefly explain. First yeah. of all, just in general, to, to win an Emmy, you have to uh, submit to... Uh, the uh, special group. Mm-hmm. Now I'm blanking on the group. Oh, I'm you're fine, you're the fine. Uh, <laughs> National uh, Association of uh, Television Arts and Sciences. My okay. apologies. I think that's what what it is. I may have mixed mm-hmm. up the exact order there. But you have to submit to them uh, a piece, a report that you have done. Uh, in, in, in it varies by category. In journalism, uh, I did the local government category, mm-hmm. and I submitted the long form piece I did last fall ahead of the presidential election. Okay of the vote by mail. Uh, we did a uh, in-depth piece interviewing all sorts of important government officials mm-hmm. on how vote by mail will work, what people need to know about it, and telling the viewers, uh, informing them whether it will be safe or not. And the conclusion was, after a lot of research, that vote by mail would be okay. Mm. Uh, and so that was um, that was what got the Emmy, and it's a great honor, but again, it's not about the awards. I'm, I'm deeply grateful for that Emmy. But it's great to just be in the community, right? Yeah, like you do it for the people, and that def that that piece that you covered in depth um, about that was the mail the mail invo ballot, right? right? That was such I remember that was such a controversial time. People were like, what if it doesn't work? What if it's gonna be fraud? How is it gonna work? I I can't fathom this. You know how 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 was it like covering a topic like that with like the public saying, oh, how's this going to work out? Is it, is it dangerous? Is it good? You know what I mean? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you're right. It was very controversial. It was a lot of people very nervous. And I, I, I understand that. And that's why I did the piece in the first place, mm-hmm. really to try to say to the viewers out there, we hear you. It's Again, it goes back to the community mm-hmm. job. Yeah. We hear you in the community. Let's look into this. So what I did is I interviewed 
California Secretary of State. He's now our U.S. Senator, Alex Medea. Oh. Oh, wow. But he's a Democrat, and if you're a Republican out there and you see that in the piece, I'm not trusting this guy. <laughs> so, so then what I did is then I went and interviewed the last Republican, the last Secretary of State to, to be a Republican. He served under Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I interviewed him about Obama. I said, can you tell me? During your experience under Governor Schwarzenegger, can you tell me, did you feel this was safe? Did you feel it would work? And how are you feeling this time? And then, of course, locally interviewed our voter registrar, registrar of voters, Mary Bedard, to mm -hmm. ask her about the entire process. So my hope is that whether you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, it doesn't matter. My mm -hmm. hope is that I want it to be fair to the viewers and give the viewers an idea saying, we looked into this and here's exactly how it's gonna work. Here's what you should know going into election day. And I'm grateful now to have won an Emmy, but what really would matter more to me is if the viewers came back from that report and said, here, I feel good going into election day, or I feel like this journalist did the research ahead mm -hmm. of uh, election day. That's a very important thing that, like, you, that you concluded. And even to people out there, I, I hope you guys are fathoming this, with there's been so much like talk about I think about the mail-in votes. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had in my lifetime. I've only been through like one, two, three, four or five elections, mm -hmm. five or six elections, something like that. That was by far the craziest election I ever witnessed. <laughs> and like, I mean, that was a crazy election. I don't really remember too many. The the furthest elections I remember back are like 2012, where it was Barack Obama, and Mitt Romney, mm -hmm. and I mean that was a pretty chill election compared to 2020. That was there was so much. I, I feel people were very amped up. They're like, Whoa, what's going on? And I feel a lot of people were just so quick to grab a side. They're like, yeah. as you were talking about the Democrat and Republican thing, I think that if people, when people held fast to a party and they heard another party's concerns or heard something that they didn't like, they're like, nope, they're wrong. Mm -hmm. I, we can't do this. And I think that caused so much, and not, yeah, division, but the mm -hmm. tension. It was yes. unreal. I remember going around like, Yo, like November third. I don't know why I'm scared. I mean, it's, it's not like the purge is gonna happen, but I like you felt like this this yeah. unease and this tension happening in, in this community. But anyway, yeah. you were saying that the mail-in vote was proven to be effective and and not fraudulent, as I guess the the word that's been going around the past. Right. Well, and you know what? And here's the interesting thing about the the mail-in vote is that actually the report found that that there have been issues. Uh, instances of fraud mm -hmm. dating mm -hmm. all the way back to the 1980s. Mm -hmm. um, however, uh, so, so the report didn't say that there was not going to be fraud. The reports looked into what is it likely to be widespread oh, fraud, gotcha, just widespread gotcha. that widespread. really, you know, and that would be done uh, in, for, in, for instance, locally, could Russia or could anybody else get in Kern County's election <laughs> or whoever, wherever else? And the ultimate conclusion was no, it could not, but again, to be fair, it had to be a fair report. It had to say, okay, no widespread fraud, but but don't get us wrong. There could still be instances of fraud wow. here, this mm. and this, and there have been since 1980s uh, several instances. Wow. Uh, I think a few dozen instances where okay. people were uh, arrested for, huh. or at least charged with uh, certain voter fraud. So it has happened. I'm glad the report looked into everything. And, and so that's that. Now, with this report, was it on a national level? Like, okay, for the presidential election, it was saying that there wouldn't be widespread fraud, or was it only for like a local election? Good question. It was only looking, for the most part, into Kern County. Oh, gotcha. And gotcha. I should also uh, specify that it, it wasn't just also about interviewing those key people from both parties who all, by the way, Republicans and Democrats, mm -hmm. again, the gentleman who served under Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was a Secretary of State, Bruce McPherson, and then, of course, Alex Padilla, who mm -hmm. was Secretary of State at the time. They all concluded it was safe, but we also did an experiment. Oh, where wow. We went to more than 40 
post offices in Kern County uh, from Ridgecrest all the way in Mojave Desert oh to here in Bakersfield, Wasco, Taft, everywhere, Fraser Park, where we tested exactly how long it would take to send in your ballot, hmm. to see how long it would take to actually get to, uh, well, we put it as KGET's address, yeah. just to see how well the post mm -hmm. office was working, see if the post office was too overwhelmed and was would not be able to get your ballot in on time. <laughs> well, the good news is every single ballot got there exactly wow. on time, and so that uh, was good news also from that report. That also showed we did our own experiment in all 40 plus post offices, it all worked out. Wow. That's I no wonder why you want to know. Oh, There's a lot of a lot of different pieces moving yes. around, a lot of small and complex things you had to focus on. Mm -hmm. And wow, that's crazy on a local level. I mean, I guess on a national level, I don't know. I, is, is someone out there? If you want to do an investigation on the national level, I go ahead. I mean, it's Good been question, a cra yeah. it's been a crazy 2020 election. I mean, I don't want to get it too much into politics here, but right. I mean, I guess at the moral of that that we could take out of is, I mean, hey, if you have a concern, if you want to know if something's right or wrong effective or negative take the time to do your own investigation I guess. exactly right? it's a great conclusion and by the way i'll also add speaking of local versus national mm -hmm. it's interesting you're right there was so much tension yeah. and there was even physical fighting in the streets of Bakersfield. <laughs> and i yeah. i did not enjoy of course as you can imagine covering those stories mm -mm. what i always found fascinating was this though you go and talk to those people in the streets who are fighting each other whether they were trump or not trump supporters whoever they were fighting and then you would ask them in an interview well, how do you feel about this local school bond measure? Or what do you think about this proposition mm -hmm. on the California ballot? They tell me, I've never heard of that. What is that? <laughs> but yet they're fighting about someone in the White House mm -hmm. thousands of miles away and you're fighting in the streets, but you could care less about the school bond measure that could go to, in one case, actually, a school that was literally found to be sinking into the ground in Maricopa. Oh Isn't that very interesting, Maricopa right here in Kern yeah. County? But but half the most of the people probably not even know about that. That's okay. I'm not saying it as a judgmental yeah, yeah. way. I'm just saying while we are passionate as, as, as our founding fathers intended us to be about what happens in Washington and who goes to the White House, I think it's also important to be aware of the local issues that really affect us uh, at a local level. Remember, county supervisors are the ones who determine how much the firefighters get, mm. how the, much the sheriffs get. You know, they're the ones who do that, not President Biden or President Trump. Mm -hmm. Yet people are so interested oh. in what is happening in Washington. Well, again, it's good, but then you ask them, well, what about this or what about that locally? Oh, I've never heard of that. Or just, I would uh, say, let's try to be educated on a local level. And that's what I try to do uh, as a local government reporter. I love local government and local politics because it impacts the viewers at home the most. That's a very important message. It starts here in the community. Vince Fong, Assemblyman Vince Fong said it best. If you want to make an impact, start where you're at, a community. Um, Absolutely. With uh, Going into our next question, mm -hmm. how did you get into the television news and media business? I know it's probably been a crazy journey. <laughs> Just like usually when people end up in like cool jobs with, that you have it's always an interesting journey how they got there so yeah, yeah no it, it uh first of all uh, i would love for any viewers out there anybody who's interested in uh tv news to share you know to speak about or to speak with me about it uh it's a interesting business um to get into TV news, you can't just start in New York or Washington or LA, <laughs> you know, especially if you want to be on camera, you have to start in a smaller market. And Bakersfield is considered a smaller mm -hmm. market. It's market uh, 125, 125. It's based on the amount of television sets in the market, basically, and 
population, all that. Uh, obviously, New York is number one, LA is number two. But going back to how I ended up here, well, I've wanted to do this since I was a little kid. Wow. I kid you not, I would go home and as fourth grader and turn on the news. I would love to see the journalists who, you know, I went to my own school as a kid. These journalists are telling me what's happening in the community, what, you know, in LA, especially in LA where I grew up, what was happening. I love that. Now, you, I don't blame people who say, you turn on the news and you see a shooting, a fire, a stabbing. I don't blame people. That is really sad. Mm -hmm. But what I did like about it is the community aspect about it. Mm -hmm. What they're telling me what is happening. Sometimes it's not good stuff. I, uh, but I still think it's important to know uh, if there was a stabbing or a bad thing happening because that helps me be more informed about the area in general. And that's ultimately how I got interested in it just as a little kid watching uh, and then I met some really nice mentors and on-camera personalities along the way who were so kind to me uh, throughout my childhood my upbringing went to University of Southern California and then uh, there uh, interned at KNBC which wow. is NBC LA and NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt Wow and uh, yeah that, and then that was behind the scenes I worked a little bit behind the scenes at NBC LA it was called the assignment desk which we helped the crews mm -hmm. in the field and help uh, gather information and then my first on-air job KGET for almost three years now it has been a great honor to tell the stories of the people of the Golden Empire that's awesome I mean I remember when I was a little kid I would I, when I got home, I'd finish my homework or whatnot, or finish practice, and I would want to watch a cartoon, <laughs> or, or I would right. want to watch like right. I like Drake yeah. and Josh when I was younger. Well, I st I always liked Drake and Josh. That's right. a good That's show. Right? Yeah, That's a good show. Now, here good we show. go. But um, wanna, yeah. and even as I was a teenager, it wasn't like I was like, oh man, let me check out the news, man. It was always like, let me, I gotta watch The Office. I gotta get my comedy <laughs> for today, right? That's like my cup of Joe. But. I mean, how old were you? Were just like, were nine, ten? You would just come home and be like, all right, let's watch the news. Yeah. That's very rare for. I think that is do. right. No, I think it is very rare. I think my parents would tell you it's the same story. Uh, that's basically what happened. I would, I would love to watch the news, uh, just just how it was. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that I understand that uh, why Drake and Josh or The Office or something would be more yeah, preferable. Yeah, you know, of course. so yeah. I get that as well. So. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, now, uh, did you with? I know you are a USC graduate. Mm -hmm. Now. Is that when your immediate career kind of started blossoming, where you started these doors started opening up for you, where they led you to intern for Lester Holt and NBC LA? That's a great question. Yes, and uh, USC. Once I went to USC, I got my internships at NBC LA mm -hmm. and NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt at the Los Angeles bureau there, at Universal Studios, wow. and they were uh, very helpful. And by them, I mean USC in terms of getting me those internships. It's tough to get internships. It's mm -hmm. it's really competitive. And I didn't get, when I first applied to a few places, <laughs> good luck, you know, I, I didn't get any internship uh, acceptance, I, you know, but that's why networking is so important. You know, eventually I, I met some people along the way and, and uh, in this business, a lot of it is not just what you know, but it's who you know, I'm sure you've heard that. Yeah, and yeah. It's timing as well. And sometimes you have to have just luck to do it, to, to, to get what you want. And, and uh, it's something I'm gonna have to deal with also as I get older and move on to, to larger markets. Uh, you know, it's all about networking and that's what I would advise others uh, in any business really. But, um, but USC was very helpful in that. And, and in the end, I had an amazing experience interning at NBC LA and NBC Nightly News. They were very nice. They didn't just have you go get 
coffee somewhere or do someone's laundry. Or Randy's Donuts. Yeah, right, right. You know, yeah, exactly. They actually had you do serious work. The correspondents took you seriously. Lester himself could not be... Wow. He was so you kind. Met before? Yeah, he was very, awesome. I see him on the... My parents oh, watched yeah, yeah, NBC Nightly with Lester Holt. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And isn't that... That's great. Yeah, he's a um, popular guy in America. Yeah. No, no, but he, he was so kind. He walks into that newsroom and he's just a normal guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he really was really, truly a... a a gentleman and, and, and he he inspired me and showed me not just on camera but off camera how to act yes you can have a lot of people watch you you could be a star a lot of attention but live your life with humility and he is someone who uh, mm. has inspired me to do that mm. that's awesome and back to what you were saying about you know I'm sure you applied to some of these internships and you, and you did and you didn't get in like I mean, I've I've had things like that happen where <laughs> I actually applied to USC and I didn't get in. And I mean, I wasn't sad at the end of the, end of the day. I was just like, man, that was a costly application fee, and I don't get reimbursed <laughs> for that. <laughs> right. But good thing no, is, yeah. I mean, I had graduation and people giving me graduation gifts. So I mean, it made up for in the long term <laughs> or in the long haul. But I mean, keep going and and be in yes. sometimes opportunities that we don't that we overlook and you think that oh, I don't think I want to go for what we can what we deem as better or a bigger idea. Um, sometimes there's opportunities right in front of us yes. or that we're, that we're blind to because we don't live with humility like what you were mentioning mm-hmm. before. So it's important to know where you are, what you want to do, your skills, and just the kind of impact that you want to have. You know, because everyone takes different routes in this life. Everyone's going to have a different profession or be in a different business. But I mean, at the end of the day, we can all enjoy what we do and take advantage of where we're at. You know what I mean? Indeed. So, Indeed. That's a beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, a beautiful lesson you never know. Sometimes... If you don't get what you originally want, it could lead to a, another blessing. Right. And like with opportunities, like yes. I never would have thought I would have you on my podcast before. Like I've seen you uh-huh. uh, on the news before. I've seen you. I volunteer in the mission on uh, Thanksgiving and Easter and uh, Christmas Eve. And I see you here interviewing people around here. And I knew who you were, but I actually had the – when I had the mayor on my podcast, one of the craziest episodes, awesome, most awesome episodes, biggest episodes I've had on the Sammy Hour um, – she she shared the video version on her story. Aton um, liked the video and he followed me back. I'm like, huh, that's awesome. I know who this guy is. I've seen him. He's on the news. He's pretty popular in town. Uh-huh. And then I had this idea, this light bulb, just like a light bulb, like you know how they have it in the cartoons on the movies. I just I had this light bulb idea, and and I was like, huh, what if he was on the Sam Hour? And I took advantage of the opportunity that I made before with having Mary Karen go on my show, and I converted that opportunity that I had into another opportunity of having you on my show. But the thing is, is I didn't just – Aton just didn't come out of nowhere. Like I had to – I worked through phases. Like I mean if we wanted it real, like I wouldn't – this never would have happened. Would have never happened if I didn't take the opportunity of having my dad on the show, first episode, or having Assembly Vince Fong on my show, who was like the first politician like – or politician type like guest on my show. So I mean really these opportunities are all in front of us and I feel like all we've got to do is really open our eyes and say, all right. Take small steps, it takes baby steps. Like I've seen this illustration before. There's two guys, two ladders, and they're both tall ladders. One of the ladders is it goes like step by step. And one and the other ladder it's like it, it also goes step by step, but one of the one of the like steps is way higher than the other one. So the guy he's stand, he's standing on top of the first step and he's reaching for the second one and he can't reach that second step. Whereas the guy on the ladder who which is the same height, it's going it's the ladders are both going up. The guy who's on the other ladder, he's he can easily go. For, he's on. He starts on the first step, and he can easily start climbing step by step because it's not that those steps aren't too far apart, which is really a metaphor, meaning it takes small steps. You know what I mean? And I think that can be applied everywhere. School, 
Um, if someone wants to be a politician, run for ASP. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or if uh, there's an aspiring politician out there who wants to uh, work on the federal level, um, you know, start with your local election. Yes. You know, it, it, yes. it really... It, we all have. We all need to realize we all have humble beginnings. We do, right? We do. And you're a great example, mm-hmm. though, of someone who really this podcast <laughs> and it, you know just you you wanted to do something, you had a vision for it, and mm-hmm. you made it happen. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not easy to just think of something and start it. But you're a great example and a really inspiration about. Thank you. Of course, about how it just makes mm-hmm. something happen. Yeah, like folks, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I mean, I'm working now. I love working. It's awesome. Um, and sometimes it, it gets tiresome. I work seven hours. Like, oh, I just wanted to go home and do nothing. But I'm like, no, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make something work. And I mean, we're here seven o'clock at night recording this episode. I mean, hey, we gotta sacrifice sometimes. And I think when we sacrifice what we think are big things or mighty things, I really I think can be small things sometimes. Or even when we sacrifice big things, that leads to a greater uh, outcome and reward. Right. And that's just one thing to keep in mind. Um, kind of talking about humble beginnings mm-hmm. and sacrifice and just kind of opening up better opportunities for yourself. Um, I heard your grandfather escaped Nazi invasion and imprisonment when he was in uh, Czechoslovakia. Um, how has that affected and, and inspired you as his grandson and as a person overall? Because that's a pretty big deal. That like, is, that's yeah. awesome. That is a big deal. I appreciate you asking my oh. grandfather, Svi. Um, he uh, is born in, born in Czechoslovakia in 1928. And wow. 10 years later, 1938, he and his family escaped 33 days before the Nazis oh invaded God. his uh, hometown of Bruno, Czechoslovakia. Mm. You know, it's interesting that there was always anti-Semitism. Uh, I take it he's Jewish? Yeah, yeah, okay, he's gotcha, Jewish. Gotcha, yes. gotcha. We're, gotcha. we're a Jewish family. Uh-huh. And, oh, it's awesome. I'm very proud of that. Now, we're, we, yes, he, there was always anti-Semitism, but who could have predicted the Holocaust? I mean, who could have predicted mm. six million Jews? Nobody could have predicted no. that they would be murdered. Now, at the time, though, somebody in his and his family said, this is different, we gotta go. And that's what happened. He left 33 days before the Nazis invaded. He came to New York and the rest is the American dream for him and for the, our family. So that has taught me, uh, first of all, that life is precious. By the way, he left with his immediate family, his sister, his two parents. He said goodbye to his grandparents, mm. never saw them again. Mm. He doesn't know what happened to them. Mm. It's presumed they perished in the death camps. Yeah. Now. The interesting thing, though, is that life is precious, number one. Number two, uh, for all the faults and problems with the United States of America, uh, this country literally saved my family's Mm -hmm. life. And Mm -hmm. so I will always be grateful for that. And the third thing is democracy. Democracy isn't perfect. uh, But every time you disagree with somebody or or don't like a policy or don't like someone, uh, we can uh, express that here. In Nazi Germany, you couldn't do that. Mm. If you go to modern-day Syria or North Korea, you can't do that. So it's not a political thing uh, in the sense of Republican or Democrat or whatnot. It's just a a gratitude that I have to live here uh, for all the issues. Uh, I wish we would live in a world of peace and love and everything. It just doesn't happen right now. But, you know, what I can say is I'm grateful to be here and to be in a place where I can freely practice my religion and Judaism is a big part of my life and I'm grateful for that wonderful Jewish community of Kern County. I grew up uh, very involved in the Jewish community of Los Angeles. I've been to Israel several times. Uh, so grateful for uh, to, 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 to be uh, 
in the Jewish community and grateful that uh, my grandfather's story taught me a lesson just about gratitude and um, uh, just an importance to, just a more important lesson I think from the Holocaust is mm. too important to, to be um, understanding and know if you think you might be judgmental or full of hate just try to look at it try to step in someone else's shoes mm. there's no reason for hate mm. that's a very powerful message right there thank you Eitan. i mean i can somewhat relate to that my um grandfather um immigrated or uh, from honduras to the united states he took i think he had five hundred dollars in his pocket when he came to the u.s in 1984 wow. he came with uh at that time it was uh he was with his wife, uh, they're still together, um, but at that time he had three kids, um, and they came to the United States in 1984, I mean, not knowing the language, not knowing the culture, not really knowing anything, stepping into a whole new soil, whole new homeland, and he, it took hard work, it took sacrifice, it took something greater than he probably could ever imagine, which in, in, in I think in the overall, well, I don't think I know, overall, like, he got to establish himself in this country. It was, I, I would, I will say this until I die, folks. America's a land of opportunity. You know, I've seen it firsthand with my um, grandpa and it's, it's really cool to hear them and their stories and how just, it's just, it's so American. You know, you come to a new country, you get to raise a family, you, you, get, you get these rights, yes. you, you get freedom of speech, you know, you get the freedom to express your ideas and opinion um, a, a freedom to make a living and not, and not a communist um, government, thank God. Um, mm -hmm. And that's when I look back on it, I'm like, I wouldn't be here without him. I wouldn't be doing something called a podcast mm. if he didn't make that sacrifice and that leap yes. of coming to this new country, not knowing anything and only having $500 in his pocket. And I'm happy to say that he's still alive. Uh, his family's thriving. They have plenty of grandkids and they're doing awesome. And it's just- That is amazing. Yeah, it's just, it's really awesome to see that. But I think it's important to realize the country that we live in, yes. don't you agree? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and your grandfather, you said, came from Honduras. 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 Wow, yeah. wow. Mm -hmm. What a story. What mm -hmm. a story. Yeah, it is. It's a great story. It is. And um, my dad's very grateful about it. He talks about it. But I, I, I think, like, and by the way, I, I'm sorry, to, I was just huh. saying, and look what, you know, look what your dad does now. Yeah. He gives back to this community. Mm -hmm. He lives in this great country uh, and helps uh, with uh, some of the uh, things we deal with here mm -hmm. and he gives back to the community mm -hmm. I think that's a uh, an amazing thing that you talk about your grandfather and your grandfather I'm sure will be very proud is very proud of yeah. your dad for what he does for this community mm -hmm. like I think when we decide to make a sacrifice not just for ourselves but for the people around us it's a domino effect meaning it affects them positively of course if we're making a sacrifice to, to do something better for ourselves and um, uh, how did I mean when when you realize what your grandpa did? I mean that's that's a huge deal coming yes. to New York. Like, do you uh, apply that kind of your life when you feel like uh, like you have a challenge? You're like, all right, now it's time for me to step up and really conquer this. I really I do think that I, mm -hmm. I wish I actually did it more to be honest. Sometimes when mm -hmm. challenges come up, it's easy to forget about. Well, talk about stepping in someone else's shoes again. You say easy to forget about. Well, 
geez, is this really something I need to be that angry about or that, you know, mm. when other people are having so much more, you know, there's famine and there's uh, even other genocides happening in the world and I'm complaining about this or I'm complaining about that issue. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, but it, 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 the, the, the question was also about challenges, you know, it does inspire me. Mm-hmm. His story always inspires me, I think, to, uh, to uh, overcome challenges mm. and achieve my dreams and my goals. Uh-huh. Amen. I mean, we're in a beautiful country yeah. too. Right. And right. I bet your grandfather's story does the same. Oh, yeah, it yeah. does. Like, yeah. sometimes I'll be like thinking, but like, I'll get down or I get mad about something stupid. I'm like, no, what? This is, this is dumb. I got to get over <laughs> myself. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, as we move on to our next question, um, I, I, we were talking about community earlier mm-hmm. and how much of an impact we can make in the community. Like, for instance, I always wanted, when I remember, uh, uh, when I had the idea for the podcast before I even started making episodes I would do bike rides with my mom around the neighborhood because I mean there wasn't too much to do during COVID especially that peak from March 2020 to May 2020 right. and I was like I want to have these big guests on one day <laughs> Joe Rogan <laughs> I want to have maybe Trump or maybe Biden on one day maybe maybe <laughs> but I mean you got to start small like we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. so with that I mean I had my dad on and then I started working with people in this community um, on my show but with it being said, from your lens and your angle, what is your favorite aspect about doing what you do and covering the various things around the community you see and encounter? Well, I appreciate the question. You know, mm-hmm. I've always thought, really, since my internship days at NBCLA, mm-hmm. I've learned then that news is about people. Mm-hmm. And you can cover a city council meeting, you can cover a uh, press conference somewhere, even, unfortunately, a fire or a shooting. But you gotta inform the viewer that it's about people. And yeah. that's why I do this job. I like telling the stories of people. Sometimes they're not easy stories, sometimes they're not positive stories mm-hmm. even. Uh, but, I mean, I mean, just take a look at some of the stories I've done even here at the, at the mission. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, when they opened up that new room with, with the beds. Mm-hmm. Great to, to show the beds and do that story. And then the story should also include, in good journalism in my view, someone who has been impacted by that. And so every time I have come here, I think every time, if I can remember from certain stories I've done, we have featured people who have directly benefited from this mm. place. And uh, it's not a commercial, in my view, it's journalism. <laughs> yeah. It's journalism that shows, look what they're doing here, and here is how it impacts everyday people. I would love to interview the president of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get I had a professor in college. He was a CBS2 news reporter. I said, who is your favorite interview? Is it the mayor? Is it the president? I mean, who, who would you do? I want to interview the president. He says, those are cool interviews. <laughs> but try everyday people. Mm. Try the everyday person. Mm. That, he said, is how you really can uh, experience good journalism and show how people are impacted. And so my favorite part of the job is the community, is the people. One last example here. Yeah, when you oh, enter, time, yeah. Oh, thank, well, you, when you <laughs> enter Kern County from any part of the, from any part of the state, but come over the grapevine from Los Angeles, mm-hmm. you'll see uh, Kern County, where we honor veterans. Mm. And no doubt that is 1,000% true. Where we honor veterans. And so you talk about community. I love that this is a community job. Pre-COVID, at least, we were uh, our station had a once a month uh, honor flight breakfast that we uh, served these veterans. I mean, just the community is is a beautiful, beautiful thing here. We have many fundraisers uh, during Christmas time, the holidays, whatever it is. The community is a giving community, and uh, of course, the the reason I know that is because my job 
sends me into the community and that's <laughs> you know that's why i yeah. do it so it's interesting when you, when you, you talk about kern county you talk about bakersfield amazing communities mm-hmm. especially bakersfield it's a really unique city and it's also an amazing community when i had mayor go on um last month she talked about how awesome this community is and how unique it is and how it like as we've been talking about this whole episode it really if we want to start to make a change and if we want to start to make an influence just it starts here in the community and i'm not just saying that for people in bakersfield you know you can live in let's say redding california or a small town in the midwest or somewhere in the south or somewhere in arizona or somewhere in missouri you know be an impact and, try, and make a change while you can and that looks different for everyone someone can do a canned food drive someone could do a car wash to raise money um, there's so many different things that you can do. Someone can start a podcast. I would, that'd be awesome if I found out another you know, teenager um, was doing a podcast. I, there's teenagers I know doing podcasts, but like, you know, kind of have a similar story I do with podcasts. I had this idea and I kind of just, let's, let's pursue it. Let's try to make a change. But I mean, yeah, it's it, be the change in your communities. And I feel like it, it really starts, as I, I think this is maybe a saying I've heard it somewhere, but it starts at home. It really does. It, it really, it, it, we got to have small steps. I mean, we all come from humble beginnings. Um, yes. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I have to cover on the community part. But I did see that you got to interview Bernie Sanders. Yes. How was that? That's crazy. That yes. I think <laughs> that was, no yeah. matter what aisle you come from, you can't yes. lie. It'd be cool to interview Bernie Sanders. Right. right? It'd be like, whoa, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Especially yeah. that meme where he was sitting like this. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, oh, the, the one I remember at the inauguration. <laughs> the meme, yeah, yeah. The that was funny. Yeah. That was a funny <laughs> meme. That, he's, a, he's a funny guy, and he's oh, basically wow. the same guy in person, you know. Mm. Uh, Bernie Sanders' interview was, uh, I was grateful in the sense that he actually opened interviews to local journalists. That's awesome. Now, yeah, it was very nice. I mean, he, a lot of people, uh, candidates for president, I don't blame them. They want the national attention. So they, they'll go on cable news, national news outlets. Okay, that's, that's fine. I get it. Much, many more people from across the nation watch it. But, but, but Senator Sanders said, well, well we're also going to do local interviews mm-hmm. in Kern County. So we got exactly five minutes with him, and they oh. were very uh, strict. I'm sure that's how he does with, with, with many journalists, and that's okay. I knew we got five minutes. So we localized the interview. We talked about the oil industry, uh, talked about people uh, you know, in the oil industry here who might be concerned about if uh, a Sanders presidency, what it would mean for them and mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. energy industry and would they lose their jobs. That's number one. We talked about immigration. Uh, and we also talked about this is a red county. What is your message to Republicans? That was the, you know. Oh, wow, you that's know, a good question. Yeah, thank you so much. So, I, you know, we tried to localize it that you might not get on a cable news outlet that might not ask about Kern County, that in fact won't ask about Kern County issues probably. So wanted to ask them about issues that directly relate to the people who live mm-hmm. here, immigration, mm-hmm. oil, and then, of course, his message for Republicans. And uh, I deeply appreciate the time he gave me. Uh, it was an honor, by the way, to interview a few others during that presidential election from mm-hmm. Tom Steyer wow. to uh, Julian Castro. Uh, and then uh, he was a former cabinet secretary. And then um, I must also say that just given just working in this news market, mm-hmm. just because we're talking about the Democrats on that side, Sanders, Castro, uh, and Steyer, mm-hmm. well, it's also uh, a unique opportunity to get to speak with our very own congressman, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin McCarthy, oh, yeah. uh, a Republican, and then previously it was Democrat T.J. Cox and now Republican David Valadeo. Mm-hmm. So those are all important in terms of local government to catch up with your members of Congress yeah. and figure out what they're doing for this district. Now, with Congressman McCarthy, it's a little bit different <laughs> given his role as the Republican leader in the House of Representatives, my, uh, the minority leader. Uh, so a lot of what he does is on a national scale, 
but when I see him, I think those are important topics, but also, once again, he's the congressman for the 23rd Congressional District here in California, and most important questions for the constituents, what are you doing in Washington to to help the district? And that goes mm-hmm. for Republicans, goes for Democrats. Exactly. I'm from Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, all the members of Congress are Democrats. <laughs> yeah. Tony Cardenas, Brad Sherman, I would ask them the same thing. What are you doing for the San Fernando Valley or for mm-hmm. the L.A. Basin? Yeah, like... I think it's important, like especially here in, in Bakersfield, folks. Like it's a, it's a, it's a. Uh, Kern County is a red county. Bakersfield is a, a. I wouldn't say extremely red state, but it's a red state. You mm-hmm. have a, a good amount of Trump supporters. There are people who voted for Trump in the last two elections, but it's crazy because like you have someone who like Bernie Sanders, who's like been complete opposite in terms of policy wise right. than like someone like Trump, who most of the people voted for in Bakersfield. And come to Kern County, I mean, or come to Bakersfield. I mean, that's awesome. And you got to interview him. And, and whatever side that people stand on, I think it's important to say, okay, how, what's this politician doing? How are their policies going to affect me and others around me? And in other words, it's good to look at both sides of the spectrum. Yes. I think it's important to do that media-wise, whether it's watching a conservative source or a liberal source or something in between, because you want to be educated and know your facts. That's very important to do at the end of the day. You just don't want to. Blurt something out and be like, oh crap, that was dumb. You want to get both sides of the picture, just like, I guess, a, a kind of a, an example for that. Just like when you're writing an, an argumentative essay, you have a rebuttal paragraph because you, meaning you examined the research of, of the opposing side and then you rebuttal that. So I think it's important to know, uh, in politics, of course, what both sides are standing for. And just let's say someone clings onto a certain political party and they hear something from another political party, don't just dismiss that. I think that's very um, unhealthy for us to do. Because we're we're keeping our minds um, can kind of confined to one space and one and one uh, uh, source, if you will. So and the unfortunate yeah. part is in this social media age, mm. uh, it's yeah, unfortunately, and I I totally agree with you. By the way, mm-hmm. it, it's it's so important to to go to all sources, uh, yes. not to you know local level, but also national and cable. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, it is easier now than ever to, with so many outlets out there and so many digital this or digital that and cable news this, that it's easy to just say, oh, I'm only going to live in my own bubble or read this, only read this. Yeah. But it's, as you said, it's really important to, to, to uh, see uh, various outlets out there so you can make the, your own decision. Exactly, make an educated decision. Yes. You, you want to see... An educated decision, and, right. and, and I think it's important for the youth, like, as we're... Especially when you're 16, 17, 18, you're starting to gear to say, oh, I can vote soon. Mm-hmm. And I think some people, they already know what party they're on, they already know what side of the aisle they stand on, but if someone's in between, or if someone wants to know the other side, do your research. Watch both sides of the media. Mm-hmm. A conservative source, a liberal source, and even hear what uh, liberal politicians have to say, have to say and conservative politicians. Because at the end of the day, when we take all accounts into factor, all voices into factor, I think that's when we come to an educated um, guess and just kind of a, a, I guess, a solid opinion at the end of the day and say, saying, oh, I think this is right. I'm just going to do it because I feel, you know, I feel that's right. That's- you know, I don't like what the other side has to say. That's, <laughs> then there you go. You have a problem there. Yeah. But I mean, that's what I have to say about uh, the political spectrum. Once again, politics is such a complex thing. Yes. Um, and it's important to know that politics doesn't define someone. It's the... Uh, it's our character. It's the things that we do around us. It's the impact and the legacy we make. That's one thing I really want to get out. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. And your impact in the community. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but as we kind of start winding down here, um, A-Town, it's been a wonderful episode. We're going to talk about awesome, awesome things. Um, but with this last question, it's kind of 
I always say it's one of the tougher, now I wouldn't say it's one of the tougher questions, but it's one of the more r- real, realistic and down to earth questions I always ask my guests. Um, but with that being said, what kind of influence and impact do you want to have in news and media? I love that question. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think really it comes down to, I hope that people who watch uh, feel that they have been informed and that they understand what's happening in their community. Mm-hmm. Al Roker always says on the Today Show, which is, an, which is national, but yeah. he always tosses to, uh, there's this little part where every NBC affiliate has a like 30 second part uh, where, where, where you're watching uh, your your own local weather person comes on. He says, here's what's happening in your neck of the woods. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> I, that's kind of what I hope people uh, feel when they, they watch me, that they are understanding what's happening in their neck of the woods. And furthermore, that they feel like it has been done in a way that's fair and most importantly, I think, accurate. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so easy in this modern age when everything is on the cell phone <laughs> to uh, be as a journalist to want to say, I want to be the first, I want to be the first to tell you, but it's most important that you're accurate and that you're fair and that the news is correct when you say. So I hope that uh, uh, my, you know, that my role uh, in, in the influence and impact I have in the news and media role uh, is one where people can say they trust me and um, where I can inform the community. And you know, in that way, uh, it's a two-way street. You tune into me, uh, and I'm grateful for the trust, and I hope to give back to you what is happening in this community, in your neck of the woods. Mm. Promote honesty over kind of ourselves, almost. Yeah, exactly. Like, with ourselves, we're like, I want this to happen. <laughs> I hope this outcome happens. But it's good to be honest with someone, mm-hmm. especially in, in media, of course. Right, and yeah. trust. I and really, trust. and you know, in this age, it's, it's I get it. It's easy not to trust mm-hmm. what you see on TV, journalists. It's uh, all yeah. sorts of media out there. All I can say is that I'm doing the best I can and the most fair. I really think the community aspect and the relationships aspect and the trust aspect is important. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of a little sub-question, if uh-huh. you will, to that mm-hmm. uh, finale question. Do you see yourself being on national TV like Al Roker or mm-hmm. Lester Holt? Is that an aspiration that you have one day? I appreciate the question. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately... Um, at one point it was. I can't say, I can't rule it out, to mm-hmm. be honest, but I like local news mm. so much. I think local oh. news is so important, especially now uh, in America. Um, I think that I've been inspired to stay with local news. That doesn't mean I won't jump to a higher market like mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Yeah. I would love to end up back in LA, mm. um, but I do believe right now my heart is in local journalism. Mm. Mm, that's awesome. I've never heard anyone say, oh, I mean, most kids I talk to are like, oh, I can't wait to get out of Bakersfield, man. It's like, I see why you say it. I see, I really see why some kids say it because it can get boring here sometimes. And lest we forget, it can get very hot here sometimes. We've been in triple digits for like two weeks in a row. Nice. Something like that. It's been uh-huh. crazy. Stay cool. Uh, so try, yeah, try to stay cool, folks. Uh, whatever that looks like. For me, it, it's going out of out of town, <laughs> going out of the state. But yeah, that's an, it's an, that's, something that we need to take into consideration it really all starts with what we have in front of us and what we can do uh to to impact others and just to help others out um but a tom wallace thank you sir it's been a great honor uh, thanks for having me and since we're on the record i'll oh. just say to our viewers listening tonight this guy is a superstar <laughs> and uh i appreciate you inviting me and uh you have a bright future ahead thank you i'm sure uh 
I'm sure one day I'm going to want to interview you. <laughs> if we'll not see. now already, but we'll seriously, we'll you have a bright future. Seriously, Thank you. congratulations. Thank you, Aitana. It means a lot. Uh, you, you, you have a very bright future as well. And, and this guy's a superstar here. He's the one on the news. I mean, you see, you can see his face every night. Me, you see my face once every two weeks because I do video version. But yeah, I mean, this guy, if you want to... And where can the people find you, Aton? Thanks for asking. Yeah. Uh, you can find me uh, at various social media accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Aton Wallace, KJT. Now, Aton is a Hebrew name, so oh. it's spelled a little bit yeah. interestingly. It's E-Y-T-A-N, and the last name is Wallace, W-A-L-L-A-C-E. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Aton Wallace and Instagram at Aton Wallace or Aton Wallace TV. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out the... Instagram part, you know, <laughs> yeah. just to make it all work. Digital can be interesting, but uh, also I do hope that you tune into TV Seventeen mm-hmm. and that you give me uh, feedback. I'm always open to mm-hmm. anybody who says, uh, "Oh, wonderful job," but I'm also open to people mm-hmm. say, "I w- wish you would have done that," or "I wish mm-hmm. you would have done that." This is a growing job. I always mm-hmm. believe there's mm-hmm. more to improve on. There's more. Oh, I should have considered that. I should have considered that. Uh, that's the best journalist at the end of the day, and I need to do this more. And even tonight, I, I interrupted you a few times, uh, but oh, you're good, you're I'll good. just tell you, folks. I, I get enough attention every night. I'm on the <laughs> 5 o'clock news, 6 o'clock news. I get enough Whoa. attention. But you know what? The best journalists, you might think, are the ones who uh, talk and, and give you the news, and that's important. But Lester Holt taught me something when he said the best journalists listen. Mm. And that's really what I uh, hope that if you tune in, you'll let me know how you feel, and I want to listen to you mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what you want. Awesome. Awesome. Good way. Good way to end. Um, but you folks, I'm going to be shouting him out. You'll, if you want to follow him on Instagram, please do. I'm, I don't know if he'll follow you back. Follow me back. That's, I don't know how that happened. That's awesome. You must have saw something in me. Believed in me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I don't, rec- don't, don't just say, oh, I'm going to DM him. Just, I'm going to DM him just because oh, I want to see your response. Be serious about it. Come on. Um, but yeah, you can see him on KGET Channel 17. If you have cable, Channel 17 News, and there's an app, KGET 17 News app, where you can find him. But yeah, follow him on Twitter. Uh, follow him on Instagram. And yeah, uh, I'm sure you have a Facebook. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a, you can you can see who he is um, and see what uh, all the good work he does. But folks, thank you. Um, summer, I'm coming in. I'm coming in hot this summer. I've already done. I did three episodes in June. Um, this episode's gonna start off uh, awesome July. I'm gonna try to get some awesome guests on. We were talking about Kevin McCarthy earlier. Guess what? I want him on on the show, and uh, I want to make that happen. That's gonna be this summer. If it's not this summer, it's gonna be early fall. Or I'm going to try to make it happen soon regardless. But, folks, please stay tuned. I love you all. Um, and, can, and just and have a good summer. It's a time to, to um, be adventurous, but be smart. And also work hard with, if you're working, if you're doing summer school, work hard because that will pay off. Trust me. Um, but, folks, I'm clocking out. Aton, we'll see you around. Uh, have a good one, folks. God bless. And uh, live, live life.